Hi, welcome to the Whole Therapist Podcast. We're leaving out the theorizing and exploring this strange phenomenon of being a human and a therapist. I'm Kelly, licensed marriage and family therapist, working in private practice settings as a clinician and a clinical supervisor in the Denver metro area. And I'm Abby. I'm a licensed clinical social worker and the owner of a group practice in the Denver metro area. Kelly and I are both registered play therapists, supervisors, and EMDR certified. So we're both therapists, but this is not therapy. And we're both supervisors, but this is not supervision. This podcast is purely for fun. So for any ethical concerns in your caseload, please refer to your state laws and licensing boards. And please remember to follow The Whole Therapist on Instagram, Facebook, and subscribe on your favorite podcast listening station. For more resources, blogs, and consultation opportunities, visit wholetherapistinstitute.com. So come join our conversation while we explore the embodied experience of neuroscience and authenticity in the therapy room. Hi, welcome to The Whole Therapist Podcast. I'm Kelly. And I'm Abby. Welcome to the show today. We are feeling excited about this episode and also wanting to hold that this will be the last episode for the season. Yeah. So season two, we are saying goodbye Mm -hmm. and we will begin season three sometime in January of 2022. It's pretty exciting and weird that we're wrapping up the year and a whole season. We don't want to leave you hanging until January. So we do have one thing that we wanted to let you know that we will be doing and to keep an eye out for it on our website, social media, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, we have a coffee and chat coming up and we're going to be leaning into this idea of hope, um, which also feels really sweet to end the year thinking about the hope that lives within ourselves and how do we as therapists make sense of some of the budding research around epigenetics, but we're going to do it in a really informal gathering kind of way with coffee um, or tea and talking about how our attachment is influenced by some of these ideas in epigenetics and what we do with that as people outside of the therapy room and inside the session. Yeah, and some of you attended our first coffee and chat a couple mm-hmm. months ago, but for those that didn't, as far as what the format looks like, it's really almost a live podcast yeah. of Abby and I, and folks are on Zoom. You can have your cameras on or off. We love to see your faces, so on is great. And then folks are able to participate if they want, but they don't have to. They can add in comments in the chat. Mm-hmm. They're welcome to raise their hand and offer stuff as we're talking. But truly, it's just there watching us talk, just like you are now on the podcast, but live. And then folks that don't attend just don't have access to that particular topic. And we do do it for $11. Mm-hmm. Something that we're thinking about as we are wrapping up this season is now that we're in season two, we have had to do a lot of like reflecting around the brand and the podcast, and we do have to begin to make some money to maintain the podcast. So basically, if you like the podcast, please consider coming for $11 so we can keep recording things because this is really, we love the community that we're building and it's such a passion project for us to have this podcast and we want to keep doing it next year. Um, So at the end, we'll probably talk about it again and exactly where you can find, but you might see it on our social media where you can find the link. Um, So we can gather together around these ideas of hope and community and with some peppering of science because we're nerdy like that. Yeah. Yeah. The link will also be in the Mm -hmm. show notes. Yes. To purchase the coffee and chat. Okay. So we're just going to take a deep breath as we transition (sighs) into 
the topic that we want to leave you with for this season. And that's about this idea of process over content. Mm -hmm. I think we all hear about it quite a bit in grad school. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if I've really understood the meaning until the last couple of years of really what that means and how to facilitate that. Yeah. It is a higher level skill that you obtain outside of grad school. And we had found this quote that was posted on social media. We recently put it on our Instagram story that really speaks to this topic. Mm -hmm. And it was, do you have the courage to be in the pause between what is no longer and what is not yet? I'll just say it one more time. Mm -hmm. Do you have the courage to be in the pause between what is no longer and what is not yet? So I guess as we were reflecting on that, our thought was that our clients need us to be able to sit in that pause Because what happens is if you have a client that's coming in for a divorce and all they're talking to you about is work, Mm -hmm. the information they're giving with you, giving to you is they can't sit in that pause of what is no longer and what is not yet. Yeah. And so if we just focus on the content of what's going on with work, we'll never get to the processing of what happens in that pause. And why do you think that's so hard coming out of school? Even now, like on a day where I'm pretty tired or misattuned or just stressed or to stick with the process versus content, is it the hemispheres again? Yes. Okay. Yes. Part of me thinks that the days when I'm really tired, it's easy for me to sit in content. Process is me working hard. Yeah. Right. Like, and if I have multiple clients in a day, which I do, (laughs) it's really difficult, especially for the client at the end of the day. Mm Mm-hmm. When we are really attuned to what's happening, then we're in the process and and we can start to listen for and see the cues the clients are giving us of what's actually underneath the content that they're sharing. Yeah. But I think when I reflect back to who I was coming out of grad school, I just needed so much more. I, I know I needed more therapy for myself. I needed to practice presence and mindfulness. I just was in this go, go, go. Yeah. Right. Like I have my capstone and I'm working a full-time job and I'm doing an internship and I'm trying to maintain relationships in my life. Right. I don't have time to slow down for anyone's process, much less my own. Yeah. I think that's where interpersonal neurobiology meets this topic where the good and the unfortunate news is that we can't do this with clients unless we're learning with ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I used to really hate that. You hear teachers say, you can only take people as far as you've been. Mm-hmm. And I would think, well, that's not true. And watch me. And <laughs> um, it is really true. There's lots of different disciplines of science that say so. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's exactly what you're talking about. If we can't slow down in our own lives and we and be in the present mm-hmm. and hold uncertainty and curiosity, we were happy to link that other episode that recently aired that I know a lot of you benefited from then we can't possibly help a client process. I think sometimes I can feel that protector part of the client so well mm-hmm. that needs to avoid talking about what's not being said. Yes. And I and I don't always know how to handle it. So I might be sticking with content while holding within myself the process and making that known when the client may not be receptive. I think that I I sometimes err on this side of caution far too often when I need to be naming. Yeah. Like I'm noticing we've talked about this for most of our time and yet 
you mentioned this other important thing that brought you in, right? Well, I think another cue for folks is even identify like, am I process? Am I focusing on content over process? Right? Mm-hmm. I think we even have to step back of like, do people even have the awareness of mm-hmm. the difference between those? Yeah. And I think clients will come to us for quite a while when it's just content oriented because, yeah. uh, sadly, most people like. I guess like I, I don't have anything to cite this. It's just like my belief. <laughs> I don't think a lot of people have a space where somebody just is listening authentically. Yeah. And so it does feel really good, even if I am coming for my divorce, to just talk about the problems at work and someone's just sitting there listening. Yeah. The cue that you are not moving into processing is when we're not retaining clients. Mm-hmm. After a while, there's this movement of like, well, what are we doing in here? Mm-hmm. It did feel nice for a while for someone to listen to me. But I'm, now I'm remembering like, oh, I came in for my divorce and that's still not yeah. being processed. Right. I think that's where this idea of structure comes in. Mm-hmm. So we want to, oh gosh, I do, I don't know how to not cite circle of security now. <laughs> that's just the phrase in my head whenever possible, follow the child or client's lead mm-hmm. whenever necessary, take charge. Yeah. Um, and I would venture to say you can be quite client-centered while taking a necessary charge of the session, meaning you have like these rituals in the beginning, mm-hmm. r- letting them know you remember what they said last time. Yes. You're holding a goal that they mentioned. Yes. And then giving them the choice. So so what's here today or how can I be with you today? I think that sometimes clients get lost when we're not holding structure, when that is what we need for safety mm-hmm. is that structure. It's not just listening to what is being verbally said. My left hemisphere is much happier with that. Like, cool, they said this and I'm going to go with their mean boss at work and we're just going to talk about that for an hour. Mm -hmm. Um, But my right brain knows and can feel into like, there's something else that needs to be named here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And depending on what your theory is, is how you would address that. So for me, because I am of the mindset that what is happening now is based on on hurts and ruptures long ago if I'm working with an adult. So if an adult is telling me about this thing at work, my question to them is, and as we're talking about this, how does that feel familiar? Mm-hmm. You know, or maybe even EMDR speak, yeah, right? Like right. as you think about that now, what is an earlier time where you felt this? Right. It's just this short phrase that can help then move us into the processing and out of the content. Well, it makes me think of something that you read. Also the other day, that was so helpful and concrete, I think, for listeners. Yeah. So to give a shout out on social media, there is a Instagram page that the whole therapist follows called teletherapist.network, and it's a consultation community. And they actually had posted something about this topic that we wanted to be talking about. It was four ways to use process in the therapy room identify what is not being said. So that's just what we talked about. How does this feel familiar to you? When else have you felt this? Inquire patterns of behavior. So client is chronically late, right? What are some other examples that you could give of of those patterns that we see? Um, I, for instance, might say to a client, I notice that as we talk about different people that have hurt you, you begin to show anger towards me. And so we can just identify that pattern. Mm -hmm. I actually had somebody a long time ago where it was the last 10 or 15 minutes and the crying would begin then. Mm -hmm. And to notice that, what do you notice as 
we have 10 or 15 minutes and this is when our processing starts and we don't have the time to process. Right. You know, what are those protective parts telling you to do at the beginning? How do I support that to help you process and to Mm. allow some of this hurt to come out the beginning so we have the whole time? Yeah. You know, are there beliefs that you don't deserve to heal? And so we use it at the end. Communicate mismatches of content and emotion. Mm -hmm. So an example the teletherapist network gave was talking about a happy celebration, but the client is crying. Or vice versa. I often see people talking about something tragic, but they're smiling. Mm -hmm. And so pointing that out to them. Yes. Mm -hmm. And some of that is some basic skills of just like nonverbal noticing. And then the fourth example was reflect on own emotions and reactions, which is so much of what Abby and I talk about. Mm -hmm. But just if you feel uncomfortable, maybe asking what the client is noticing. So I may say, hey, I'm noticing that my chest is really tight right now. Can you just check in with yours? Mm -hmm. Or I notice that like, there's like an irritability in the room. Do you notice that too? Because if we had to be really clear why is process more important than content? I'm partly talking this out loud for myself too. The content isn't helping someone reach their goals. What's happening between the client and the therapist is always going to mirror what's happening for the client and relationships outside of the room. So they work it out with us. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if content is a protective part. Right. So it makes sense that we would, clients show up mm-hmm. wanting to talk about content yes. and not process because it's really scary to do so. Yeah. But they're coming to therapy because it's supposed to be a safe place mm-hmm. for these other vulnerable parts to show up. So process is important because we have provided potentially the only space that allows mm-hmm. that part to show up and be seen. And I guess I'm holding compassion for how vulnerable that really is for someone to come in and I can think of my own therapist to really let someone be with all parts of you Mm -hmm. and the process to risk rupture and repair with this power dynamic at play, Mm -hmm. like a therapist. I think a lot of our clients want to make us happy Mm -hmm. or they don't want to make us upset Mm -hmm. when really like that's the work is this rupture repair. Yeah. And that's all process, I guess, is what I'm thinking. Rupture mm-hmm. and repair is process. That is not content, mm-hmm. usually. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. but it's a majority. Well, back to what you said, of we can only take clients as far as we've been. If you are in a therapeutic relationship with your own therapist and you're doing content, it yeah. would be really difficult for you to move into process. I remember the first training I did where we actually used ourselves was Santre. Mm-hmm. And I was blown away. And was a better able to use Santray yeah. because I used my own stuff. And then EMDR was the next training mm-hmm. where I was using like my own stuff. So if you're not going to trainings where they're also having you do some of your own work in the training to understand right. how to use it, at least be in, if you can, right? I understand like financial costs and scheduling. Yes, sure. But if you can get into really good therapy where there is this focus on process, you will learn how to do that for your own clients. Mm-hmm. What's the betweenness? And all that resonance and just throw out all the buzzwords, right? With that interpersonal neurobiology, it's like that. But that is what makes human human mm-hmm. is the betweenness and the process, whether it's inside or outside of the therapy space. Mm-hmm. So we would have to bring that into the therapy room. There's got to be some like metaphor there. I don't know why I have, <laughs> this is not what we're going to use. I just have this image of like a someone with a pickaxe and sand. I'm going to build something awesome. And they have like the wrong tool. It's like, you can't do, but that's, you can, you can dig with a pickaxe on the beach, but mm-hmm. like, goodness, you probably need a shovel or 
go to a different land or there's something mismatched there. Yes. Well, what about thinking about like gardening for you and the process mm-hmm. of our content? If you're asking for a plant metaphor, I think it is the way that a lot of people right now, it's very trendy to have plants, mm-hmm. which is wonderful. But you'll see them buy like 15 or 20 plants. Like now I'm a house mom, house plant mom mm-hmm. and I have all these plants and then they all die because there was no like tending to and a lot of them need like you need to switch. You can't leave your plant by the window in the summer. The leaves will get burned kind of thing. So with the seasons changing, you have to move them around your house and kind of baby them. And I think that's the process of figuring out when to change the pot size mm-hmm. or when to fertilize them with whatever you use or the content is like, I'm going to go buy these plants and they look nice. And now I have an identity around it. And I think that the process of being a gardener or a houseplant mom is like being with each one and recognizing they need different things. And and over time, like they will flourish when you take the patience to do that. Yes. Yeah. So back to you can retain the plants yes. just as we retain clients yes. longer yep. if we can move into process. Right. But there's right. this piece about patience. Yes. Yeah. And that it does bring me to this quote. Um, Rilke was talking in his letters to a young poet book um, about artists, but it really made me think about therapists and this idea of patience. He says, being an artist or a therapist means not reckoning and counting, but ripening like the tree, which does not force its sap and stands confident in the storms of spring without the fear that after them may come no summer. It does come, but it only comes to the patient who are there as though eternity lay before them so unconcernedly still and wide. I learn it daily, learn it with pain to which I am grateful that patience is everything. Patience is everything. Yeah, that you can't force sap. Trees don't force sap and they don't fear that spring or summer won't come because it does. So I don't know that we need to live in fear that healing won't come to our clients and force something to happen. I was thinking about this on the drive over to recording. Like sometimes I think with recording a podcast, there's this pressure, like be inspired, Mm -hmm. inspiration. (laughs) Yes. And it doesn't smell like rain, right? I'm like, it doesn't smell like inspiration lately. Mm. Um, And in letting go of like, maybe I'll get on here and say that I don't feel super inspired lately. I had this amazing thought of like, well, I don't get to force that. So similar with clients, like we're talking, you don't, you don't get to know what's going to happen next, but if you can stick with the process, can we trust that healing awaits them? Yeah. I think it's a perfect example of an episode we recorded today and there was just a phrase that you said and then I was like oh I'm there yeah and now I can talk yeah right it was just trusting like if we just start talking right the process will come which is amazing to apply to this podcast because I'm remembering a year or so ago when we started with our scripts in front of us yes (laughs) like and then just how painful it was to listen back to myself at least like Mm. Oh, there's my voice. Oh no. Like da, da da da. And it's so different now. The process has unfolded. What we want this community to be feels expansive and settling. Yeah. I think my experience was like stacks of books. Right. And like trying to memorize these words and the books. Right. And the yes. phrases and like right. re-record. Stop. Pause. Yes. Re-record. Oh, I forgot <laughs> that what that said. Yeah. Which we talked about it in season one. Yeah. But this is such a parallel process. Mm-hmm. 
of growing into something new. Yeah. Yeah. I still have books around me. Yes. It's mostly for quotes now, though. Yeah. Like I have found you went to um, a poetry book and me too, I guess, mm-hmm. for this episode. Normally we'd be pulling out. That's true. Like the researchers, which is fine, mm-hmm. but it's interesting that we didn't do that today. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. It feels different. Mm-hmm. It does. Well, we're going to leave you with a song that we had left all of you with last year when we ended season one. We have permission to have the whole song. And so we actually are going to play the whole song on this episode. Mm-hmm. We didn't know it now, but I'm thinking about it. I, I encourage you to focus on the process of the song versus the <laughs> content. There is just something there yeah, um, that just relates to this topic. And then as a reminder, we have our coffee and chat coming up. Look for the links in the show notes, our website, social media pages. And even though we're saying goodbye for season two, we're always holding you all with us. So mm-hmm. energetically, we will still be together and excited to see you for season three in January, 2022. Yeah. Happy holidays. This is the keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going on, keep going on song. This is the keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going on, keep going on song. This is the keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going on, keep going on song. And this is Sean, and we're so glad that you've turned this on and welcomed us into your home. And you are welcome into our home. We're in Dayton, Ohio. We're in Sean's parents' house. Sean's parents' house. We were in Louisville when the shit hit, and we packed our three year old into a car. We drove kind of far, we drove here, and we've been so lucky and blessed to be safely here and we thought we'd be here for like 10 days tops what did we know what did we know we thought we knew a lot we thought we knew a lot keep going on song this is a keep going keep going keep going on keep going on song this is a keep going keep going keep going on keep going on song and we've been mostly healthy we've been okay are you okay are you all right are you okay are you all right are you okay i hope your body is whole tonight And if your heart is breaking, I hope it's breaking open. And if your breath is shaking, I hope it's shaking through. And then I hope that you've watched a lot of really great television, like a lot of it. And I hope that you find a hand lotion that actually makes your skin feel better. And I hope that you have enough to eat. I hope you're getting enough sleep and I hope you have enough good company or enough good memory to last you a long time. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going on. Keep going on song. We sing that keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going on. Try
pray my rage is a fire that cleans my mind out and makes me ready to listen. I pray my pain is a river that flows to the ocean that connects my pain to yours. And I pray, I pray my happiness is like pollen that flies to you and pollinates your joy. Oh boy, oh boy, is that possible? again that the world has changed into the world that we are imagining now together and I pray that the world has become the world that we're planting inside of ourselves for each other and for our ancestors start by singing some songs in this tiny space together we're just gonna sing some songs for you and we hope that when you hear them you will feel a little bit less alone and we will feel a little bit less alone in the work and in the hurt and we will be together tonight somehow whenever this is wherever this is we will be together tonight for the Keep going, on, song. This is a key. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, Keep going on song. This is a key.